This is the broadcast voice of Marshall University. WMUL-FM, Huntington, West Virginia. And now, News Center 88 at 5, the area source for the most complete news coverage from across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Good evening, everyone. For this Tuesday, November 7th, 2023, I'm Owen Smith. And I'm Emma Johnson. Coming up this evening on News Center 88, Israel fights Hamas deep in Gaza City and foresees control of enclave security after the war. All in your daily source for Marshall Broadcast News. Ashley Ferguson will be in with the Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Ben Anderson will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. The current temperature outside is a solid 72 degrees. Now on to our top story. The prosecutor overseeing the Hunter Biden investigation is testifying before congressional investigators that he had the ultimate authority over the years-long case. The closed-door interview today marks the first time a special counsel is appearing before Congress in the middle of a probe. It comes as House Republicans are aiming to ramp up their impeachment inquiry into the president and his family. After weeks of stalemate, Members of the House Judiciary Committee questioned David Wise on allegations that were not a decision maker in the case into the president's son and that the probe was influenced by political pressure. A spokesperson for Wise calls this testimony, quote, unprecedented. The Israeli army says its forces are battling Hamas fighters inside Gaza's largest city, signaling a major new stage a month into the war that has claimed thousands of lives and leveled swaths of territory. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says Israel is likely to maintain control of security in Gaza once Hamas is defeated. The move into Gaza City risks further escalation in casualties one month into the war. Netanyahu's comments pointed to the uncertainty surrounding the end game of war that Israel says will go on for some time until it destroys Hamas's rule. On the same day, Francis Halgen was testifying before Congress about the harms of Facebook and Instagram to children in the fall of 2021. Arturo Bihar, then a contractor at the social media giant, sent an email to Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg about the same topic. Two years later, after seeing little change, Bihar is testifying before Congress today about social media and the teen mental health crisis, hoping to shed more light on what Meta executives, including Zuckerberg, knew about the harms Instagram was causing and chose not to do anything about it. Paradise is still recovering five years after a wildfire destroyed most of northern Cal- excuse me most of a northern California town. The campfire leveled about eleven thousand homes in the town, displacing most of the twenty-six thousand people who live there. Five years later, only about two thousand four hundred homes have been rebuilt. More are being built every day. The town now has just under 10,000 people living there. Many of the new residents are families with young children. The local Little League has had so much interest that they are running out of space, and many people have not been able to move back because they could not afford it. A jury has acquitted another Denver-area police officer who put Elijah McClain in a neck hold before he was injected with the powerful sedative ketamine by paramedics and later died. It was the second of three trials against first responders indicted by state prosecutors in the 23-year-old black man's death. 
the local district attorney has declined to bring charges, but the case was reopened after the 2020 murder of George Floyd, which spurred social justice protests nationwide. The first trial ended in a split verdict with one officer found guilty and another acquitted. Two more officers from the fire department and paramedics are scheduled to be prosecuted in the final trial later this month. Coming up, voters are deciding whether to make Ohio the 24th state to legalize recreational marijuana. That and more news from across the tri-state when News Center 88 returns right after this. one 800 222 If you think it might be poison, then the first thing you should do is call 1-800-222-1222. Poison is the kind of thing you're not supposed to touch. Old prescriptions, cleaning stuff, or spider bites and such. If you swallowed something bad or think you took too much, call the Poison Control Center Hotline. For poison emergencies or just questions, the Poison Control Center hotline is here 24-7 with the expert help you need. Free and confidential. We hope you never need us, but keep our number by the phone. 1-800-222-1222. If you think it might be poison and you don't know what to do, call 1-800-222-1222. A message from your Poison Control Center. Ever notice when you have a baby, everyone seems to give you advice? From your mother-in-law, to your own parents, to your friends. But when it comes to the important stuff, like immunizations and protecting my baby's health, I trust my baby's doctor. She really listens to my questions about shots, gives me great information, and she works with me to make sure my baby gets protected. And that's something even my mother-in-law can agree with. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Welcome back to News Center 88. Voted Best Spot News Reporting by the Virginia's Associated Press. I'm Willen Smith. And I'm Emma Johnson. A judge says a federal lawsuit over conditions at a southern West Virginia jail has been settled. U.S. District Judge, excuse me, District Judge Frank Volk announced the resolution today, a week after the federal excuse me, the federal magistrate judge said some records in the suit had been intentionally destroyed. The lawsuit was filed last year on behalf of current and former inmates about conditions at the Southern Regional Jail in Beaver. The suit referenced a lack of access to water and food as well as overcrowding and fights that were allowed to continue until someone was injured. The judge says the parties believe the limited class action settlement fund must be formulated. Local governments in West Virginia will start seeing opioid settlement money by the year's end. Jefferson County Prosecuting Attorney Matt Harvey says around $73.5 million will be deployed to municipalities and counties this calendar year in the state's most hard hit by the opioid epidemic. Harvey was elected chair of the West Virginia First Foundation at the board's first meeting yesterday. Local governments will have the final say on how they want to spend these funds. The nonprofit foundation is receiving $217.5 million as part of its first allocation this year, and its board of representatives from regions across the state will then decide how it is spent. Ohio is the latest flashpoint in the nation's ongoing battle over abortion access since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned a 
excuse me, constitutional right to the procedure last year. Today, voters are deciding whether to pass a state constitutional amendment guaranteeing an individual right to abortion and other forms of reproductive health care, including fertility treatments. Ohio is the only state to consider a statewide abortion rights question this year, so advocates on both sides of the issue are watching the outcome for signs of voters heading into 2024. When abortion rights supporters are planning out to put measures on the ballots in several other states. The future of recreational marijuana legalization in Ohio is in the balance. Issue number two on today's ballot would allow adults 21 and over to buy and possess up to 25 ounces of cannabis and to grow plants at home. A 10% tax would be imposed on purchases, with proceeds going to administrative costs, addiction treatment, municipalities with dispensaries, and social equity and job programs. The Coalition to Regulate Cannabis, like alcohol, began its push for legalizing adult use in 2022. Republican Governor Mike DeWine and some top businesses and manufacturing organizations continue to oppose the measure, citing that traffic and workplace safety concerns are present. Democratic Governor Andy Bashir and Republican challenger Daniel Cameron have reached the end of their hard-hitting campaign for governor in Kentucky. After months of sparring over abortion and the economy, they'll await the verdict from voters today. Their showdown offers an off-year test for competing messages that could foreshadow strategies in next year's national contests. Bashir slammed Cameron for supporting the state's abortion ban, which lacks exception for rape or incest. Cameron scrambled to find his footing in a new era of abortion politics since Roe v. Wade was overturned. Cameron tried tapping into the discontent with the post-pandemic in flurry surge. Coming up next, Virginia's governor declares a state of emergency as firefighters battle wildfires. That and more news from around the nation when New Center 88 returns. Stay with us. Ah, my darling, I love the tango. And I love you more than the sunrise on a clear summer day. More than the colors of the rainbow. More than the, how do you say, American football. Do you love me more than the WMUL? Are you crazy, woman? I mean, alas, it is not so. For the WMUL is, how do you say, ah yes, too sexy. A memory is shot. My legs feel like lead. Every muscle in my body is screaming. So why does everyone think the problem is in my head? Chronic fatigue syndrome can be as isolating as it is debilitating. Visit www.cdc.gov CFS for the latest information on diagnosis and management. cdc.gov CFS. Get informed. Get diagnosed. Get help. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, CDC. Welcome back to New Center 88. Voted Best Radio News Reporting for the Society of Professional Journalists Mark of Excellence Awards. I'm Willen Smith. And I'm Emma Johnson. Fire is raging in a historic World War II era wooden hangar that was built to house military blimps based in Southern California. The fire broke out early today in Tustin, southeast of Los Angeles. The Orange County Fire authorities say in a social media post that allowing the massive structure to collapse is the only way ground crews can get close enough to fight the the flames. 
The hangar was one of two built in 1942 for the U.S. Navy in the city. The hangars are 17 stories high and more than 1,000 feet long and 300 feet wide. The burning structure is known as the North Hangar, and no injuries have been reported. A man with a gun has been arrested in a park near the U.S. Capitol. The U.S. Capitol Police say the man was in a park outside the Senate office buildings and across from Washington's Union Station when he was arrested today. Police say they searched the area where the man was arrested as well as his belongings. Officers say they don't believe that there's any ongoing threat. However, roads in the area were closed for about two hours after the arrest. Carrying firearms in public is prohibited in Washington, as well as on the U.S. Capitol grounds. A mixture of smoke and fog known as super fog has led to accidents involving multiple vehicles and at least one death on, an in- on Interstate 10 in Louisiana. New Orleans police say a stretch of the interstate is closed today due to the smoke, fog, and vehicle crashes. The closure is reminiscent of a super fog event that happened on October 23rd when seven people died and about two dozen were injured in the pileups involving about 160 vehicles on Interstate 55. Smoke from nearby marsh fires mixed with the dense fog has caused the super fog of events. Today, drivers were faced with visibilities excuse me, with visibilities of a quarter mile or less. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin has declared a state of emergency as firefighters respond to wildfires amid dry conditions and high winds. The governor's office says today, today's declaration allows Virginia to mobilize additional resources. Staff and equipment help with the response. The operation involves the Virginia National Guard, the Department of Forestry, the Department of Emergency Management, and other agencies. The Quaker Run Fire in Madison County and the Tuggles Gap Fire in Patrick County broke containment lines over the weekend, and officials say additional resources are required to contain these fires and respond to any additional fires. The Air Force is asking Congress to restrict further construction of the towering wind turbines that have edged closer to its nuclear missile sites in Montana, Wyoming, North Dakota, Nebraska, and Colorado. The underground silos share space on vast private farmlands with turbines which have grown in size and number as the country's energy needs to increase. But the turbines make it dangerous for military, excuse me, military helicopter crews, which need to fly low and fast when a sight alarm triggers. The Air Force wants Congress to pass legislation to create a buffer zone of two nautical miles around each site. The legislation has the support of wind energy advocates. Existing towers would be unaffected. And coming up next, DeSantis argues Iowa's governor's support may help him stop Trump, and he labels his rivals as spoilers. Your daily political update with News Center 88 returns right after this. can't make it. Luke. Luke. Ben, is that you? You must go to the Marshall system. There you shall seek out WMUL-FM and be trained in the ways of news, sports, and the widest variety of music in the tri-state. But how, Ben? Use the force, Luke. Let it guide you to 88.1 on the dial. And remember, WMUL's force will always be with you. The worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage. 
Welcome back to Raleigh, North Carolina, here high atop Carter Finley Stadium. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome inside Memorial Coliseum in Lexington, Kentucky. The Thundering Herd will be taking on the number 22 team in the country here in the fifth oldest stadium in college football, Nippert Stadium. Inside Value City Arena at Jerome Schottenstein Center. The Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. And welcome back to New Center 88. I'm Willen Smith. And I'm Emma Johnson. The Supreme Court seems likely to preserve a federal law that prohibits people under domestic violence restraining orders from having guns. Today, the justices suggested they'll reverse a ruling from an appeals court in New Orleans that struck down the 1994 ban on firearms for people under court order to stay away from their spouses or partners. It's the court's first gun case since last year's expansion of gun rights. Liberal and conservative justices sounding persuaded by arguments from the Biden administration's top Supreme Court lawyer, and the prohibition is in line with the long-standing practice of disarming dangerous people. The case involves a Texas man who was accused of threatening to shoot his girlfriend. The House is moving forward with a second attempt to punish Democratic Representative Rashida Tulip of Michigan for her rhetoric about the ongoing Israel-Hamas war. A final vote on the measure is expected tomorrow. The resolution to censor Tulip is a punishment one step below expulsion from the House. It was introduced by Republican Representative Rich McCormick of Georgia in response to what he calls Tulip's comments advancing anti-Semitic rhetoric. It advanced after an effort to table it failed due to several Democratic absences. Tulip has defended her stances, saying in a statement that Republicans have been, quote, more focused on silencing, unquote, her than the growing death toll in Gaza. NATO allies have frozen their participation in a key Cold War era security treaty in response to Russia's withdrawal from the pact. Many of NATO's 31 allies have signed the Treaty of Conventional Armed Forces in Europe, which was aimed at preventing Cold War rivals from massing forces at or near mutual borders. It was signed in November of 1990 as the Soviet bloc was collapsing, but wasn't fully ratified until two years later. Today's move came hours after Russia's foreign ministry announced that Moscow had finally, excuse me, had finalized its withdrawal from the treaty. It raises fresh, fresh questions about the future of arms control agreements in Europe. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is campaigning in Iowa with his newest major endorser, Governor Kim Reynolds. Iowa voter Julie Troy says Reynolds' support of DeSantis prompted her to come see the Iowa governor introduce him Tuesday to more than 200 people at a restaurant in Davenport. Troyer says the backing of Reynolds, quote, sure put him in a more positive light, unquote. Senior advisors for DeSantis are outlining a difficult path to the Republican presidential nomination that starts by denying Donald Trump a large win in Iowa. The DeSantis campaign argues that Nikki Haley and other rivals can't beat or come close to Trump in Iowa and therefore can only be spoilers. Haley and other campaigns reject that reasoning. Fresh from a whirlwind tour of the Middle East, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has shifted his intense diplomacy onto the Israel-Hamas war to Asia. Blinken today made an appeal for the group of seven landing industrial democracies to forge consensus on how to deal with the crisis. 
as he and his G7 counterparts began to began two days of talks in Japan. Blinken said it was critically important for the group to show unity as it has over Russia's war in Ukraine and other major issues and prevent existing differences on Gaza from deepening. While Gaza will be a major focus of the meeting, the Ukraine war, North Korea, and concerns about China's increasing global assertiveness will also be on the agenda. And coming up, Ashley Ferguson will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Ben Anderson will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. Stay with us. Mia Hamm. As a professional soccer player, I know how rewarding sports can be and how quickly injuries happen. So I've teamed up with the American Association of Orthodontists to ask athletes to play it safe. With my years of training, I know what it takes to become an expert, and orthodontists do too. They're the experts who help people obtain healthy, beautiful smiles. Wear mouth guards, face masks, and helmets to prevent injuries. Keep smiling and visit braces.org. The best news program in the nation as honored by the National Broadcasting Society. More than 130 live martial sporting events every year. One of the top college radio stations in the nation. 50 years of broadcasting excellence. 88.1 WMUL-FM. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Ashley Ferguson. And now it's time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. Currently outside of the WMUL studios, it's a solid 72 degrees. Tonight, we will dip down into the upper 40s, so make sure to wear layers when heading out tonight. Tomorrow, we will see highs around 78 with lows near 49, making it warmer than today. As we look towards this week on Thursday, we will see highs in the upper 60s and lows in the lower 50s. Is it even fall? Today's weather word of the day is thunderstorm, a local storm that spawns from a cloud that is accompanied by lightning and thunder. The atmospheric conditions needed to produce a thunderstorm are warm and moist conditions in the low levels. Around 1,800 thunderstorms are occurring on Earth at any given time. Thank you, Weatherology, for that information. That does it for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. Currently outside of the WMUL studios, it's a sunny 70 degrees. For News Center 88, I'm Ash. Thanks, Ashley. Now Ben Anderson joins us with the FM88 Sports Report. Thanks, Waylon. I'm Ben Anderson, and this is the FM88 Sports Report. Start off with Marshall Athletics and Marshall Cross Country. The Marshall Thundering Herd Cross Country team will compete this Friday at the NCAA Mid-Atlantic Regionals at the Goodman Campus Cross Country Course in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. The regional championship is one of nine which will be held Friday across the country with runners having the opportunity to qualify for the NCAA Division I Cross Country Championships in Charlottesville, Virginia on November 18th. The women's 6K will be on, excuse, will be at noon on Friday, and the men's 10K championship will follow at 1 p.m. Representing the men's team will be Kent B., Zach Cannon, Garrett Ferguson, Ronnie Saunders, Nathaniel Schneider, Paul Sepulveda, and Evan White. Representing the women's team will be Asha Bora, Tori Dotson, Abby Herring, Kaylee Jordan, Kylie Maston, Hannah Troth, and Hannah Weiler. Marshall baseball has closed out the fall season, and now look forward to making its new facility home. FM80 Sports Ray Ryan Anderson has the recap of the fall season. With the fall ball season coming to an end, Marshall Baseball says goodbye to the Kennedy Center, but now looks to make Jack Cook Field its new home. Yeah, well, you know, first I want to say thanks to the YMCA and, and you know for providing 
that facility to us. 14 years, George Smales and the YMCA people provided a place for Marshall Baseball to play. So we're grateful for that. What we're excited about is having a home of our own. And Marshall University, Marshall Baseball Program is finally going to have their own field in our own stadium, in our own place to work out, train, be our home and be a place where our guys can hang out and the camaraderie and the culture of a program can really develop. They're really excited about that. Coach Beals and his staff made sure to take advantage of its first fall ball season, leading the charge for Marshall baseball. And, and, you know, when I got here last year, I got here in January. So there's some things that I adopted that we were halfway through the season, so we couldn't flip the switch completely. So this fall was the first opportunity for for myself and our coaching staff to really lay down the foundation of, of what our program's gonna be. So all of our all of our systems, our bunt defenses, our pickoffs, our rundowns, our cuts and relays, our first and third plays, all of our systems we successfully um, instilled uh, this fall. So I'm really, really feel good about that from a standpoint. It was not just about playing the games this fall, as Coach Beals also got to share a special moment with someone near and dear to Marshall baseball. Kim and I have gotten to know each other throughout the process of, of getting entrenched here in, in Huntington and at Marshall. Um, Kim is passionate about Marshall baseball. Uh, she knows how much it meant to her dad. Uh, we were pushing for this name. Uh, all along, uh, so to be on the field with her when uh, we peeled back the the tarps and, and showed uh, Jack Cook Field, uh, those letters and that name on the field itself it was a special moment. For FM 88 Sports, I'm Ray Ranierson. Thanks, Ray. Marshall Baseball looks to thunder itself on its new field when, when its season begins this spring. Marshall men's basketball last night, the Marshall Thundering Her men's basketball team played host to the Queen's University of Charlotte Royals and was victorious by a score of 89-73. to Marshall got off to a hot start. It quickly jumped out to a 21-point lead, 31-10, to in the first 11 minutes of the contest. This came as a result of a 19-3 run from the 15-46 mark to the 9-15, seeing six different players put the ball through the basket. The Herd made 48.6% of its shots from the field, including 51.4 in the in the second half of play, Why Fricks nearly made it six players, nearly made it six players with ten or more points at nine, but played big fetch on the defensive end with three steals and three blocks. Marshall's defense called Queens havoc, holding the visitors just 38.6 percent from the field, including 26.9 percent from behind the arc. Camden Kerfman and Bean and Killen followed with 15 and 14 points respectively, as the Thundering Herd had five. We had five players with 10 or more points in the season opener. The Herd's newcomers played a big role in the victory as Kevon Volks led the way with 18 points to go with six boards, five assists, and three steals. Nate Martin fell a rebound shy of a double with, have a double double with 15 points and nine rebounds as Camden, excuse me, as Cameron Crawford tallied 14 points on a 5-for-8 night from the field. The Marshall Thunder men's basketball team would be back in action on Friday as they traveled to the Greenbrier in White Springs, West Virginia to take on Radford with tip-off at 7 p.m. This Thursday, Marshall women's basketball will start the fish beginning of the Kim Codwell era as they have traveled to Fairfax, Virginia, take on the George Mason Patriots with tip-off at 7 p.m. Codwell joins Marshall from Division II Glenville State, where she led the Pioneers to the 2022 NCAA Division II National Championship, where she went 191-24 in seven seasons. The Thundering Herd entered the matchup, being picked ninth in the Sunbelt Conference preseason polls and coming off a 17-14 and record a season ago. This concludes the FM88 Sports Report. For FM88 Sports, I'm Ben Anderson.
Thanks, Ben. Coming up, four men charged in theft of satirical golden toilet titled America at Churchill's birthplace. Stay with us to find out more right after this on New Center 88. I was leaving an exercise class. All of a sudden, the pain started. My entire chest, shortness of breath, very fatigued, nauseated. Thought that it was nothing much, maybe just stress. You're having a heart attack. I'm healthy, I'm young. There's no way it could be my heart, no way. Heart disease doesn't discriminate. Listen to your body, go get checked. Heart disease is the number one killer in women, and this is something that we can fight. Visit GoRedForWomen.org to learn a woman's risk for heart disease. And finally, today on News Center 88, four men have been charged over the theft of an 18-karat gold toilet from Blenheim Palace, the sprawling English mansion where British wartime leader Winston Churchill was born. The toilet, valued at $5.95 million, was the work of an Italian conceptual artist. It was part of an art installation at Blenheim Palace near the city of Oxford before it vanished overnight in September of 2019. The Crown Prosecution Service said yesterday it has authorized criminal charges against four men, ages 35 to 39, over the theft. They are accused of burglary and conspiracy to transfer criminal property. The golden toilet titled America was intended to be pointed satire about excessive wealth, and it has never been found. And that does it for this edition of New Center 88. Tune in tomorrow at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University and the Tri-State area. And remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu slash WMUL. For Emma Johnson, Ashley Ferguson, Ben Anderson, Ray Reinerson, Luke Hamilton, and for the entire New Center 88 team, I'm Willen Smith. And your thought of the day is, voters don't decide issues, they decide who will decide issues. George Will.